morning everybody dr rick wallace here dropping in on you um it is friday uh, hope that you guys had an unbelievable week i hope things turned out uh to work um and ended up the way you want it when you projected and anticipated at the beginning of the week if not consistently keep pressing on this is about perseverance this entire thing in life is about finishing not how fast you finish not how fast of a start you get out to but that you are consistently applying yourself to achieving a worthy goal that's all success is is the progression the consistent progression towards a worthy goal but success isn't the goal the success is the progression you should be experiencing success every day. You should find something that you can do every day that makes yourself a little bit better. Why? Because you don't get what you want in life. You get who you are. You get what you have put into life back in the form of results. And that means you have to consistently press forward. I want to talk to you about something that's a little more practical um, than quantum physics, the law of attraction, uh, mentalism and a psychology and a bunch of other things that we deal with often uh, when I'm on. But uh, and I am uh, literally streaming this live across about seven or eight different platforms. So, guys, um, if I'm not talking with a great deal of specificity to a particular group based on where you're listening to me at, it's because I'm speaking in general to everyone. Uh, not everyone, but a lot of the platforms that I deal with over the course of my days and weeks. Um, and so work with me and bear with me in that. But I think it's something that absolutely everybody should be aware of. So that's why I'm doing it. Uh, I sit up and uh, I look and I often see the results of our failure to teach our children uh, basic financial principles. Um, it's when there's a history of poverty or financial ineptitude, however you want to address it and call it. Uh, I don't want to get into much into the um, um, semantics of it. I want to talk about the basics. And that is when you have a history of it, you tend to pass down the very things that uh, contribute to the perpetuation of that reality. Uh, bad spending habits, a bad view of money, uh, bad practices and behaviors, uh, consumer mindsets versus investor mindsets and a bunch of other things that may seem far-fetched to be talking about with a kid. That's the problem. People who have created a history of generational wealth do so by not only providing a, a financial foundation for their progeny, but also giving them the mindset of how to perpetuate, carry that and grow that. And it it boils down to how you view money, what you think about money and and moving forward. So what I decided to do was to get together uh, and put together a very practical, easy to read, easy to apply guide to teaching teens the principles of money and how to build a strong financial foundation that can lead to a great deal of financial success moving forward. Uh, you're not going to escape financial challenges. Uh, hello, 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 everyone. 
you're not going to escape financial challenges. Uh, I can tell you this in the successes that I've had, I've seen all kinds of things. And there is a saying, and it is true. The average millionaire will go broke uh, on an average of three times over the course of their life. It's just simply how the money market moves. But the beautiful thing about it is if you understand money, you know how to generate revenue, you know how to uh, make money work for itself. You will rebuild. You will grow. You will recover. I am living proof of that. But you've got to have a strong financial center. Uh, uh, so I went out and created a guide. This is a digital guide. And anybody who is serious about learning uh, and teaching this to their teens, as well as learning something themselves, uh, can afford it. It's ten dollars. Uh and it's about 33 pages, but it's uh, I'm going to actually read off, you know, uh, what we have. Uh, first chapter is introduction. Then it's working for money, working for money. We live in a society now where our children have a sense of entitlement. They want they know everything they want and they don't have any idea of what it takes to get it. And when you don't have a mentality about working for money, you have no true sense of the value of money. But when you can have a child who knows how to say, okay, this is what this costs, and it, and I make this amount an hour, and so I have to work this many hours in order to get this, it gives it value. It makes it make sense. You know, you've heard, you heard growing up yourself, money doesn't grow on trees. What was that about? Anyone who doesn't understand the value of time and how it translates into money, time and effort translates into money via a job, via a business, via a, an event or an action, then it, it's easy for them to them say, well, shoot, you know, they just got money. No, we don't just have money. We have money at a certain uh, amount over a certain period of time, unless you are completely financially free. And then you have money that's pretty much limitless. But uh, and you would have to literally go out of your way to spend it all. And but everything else in between that, no matter what millionaires or not have limits. And the thing is, a lot of people went that that grew up poor that may get a little money. Will lose it quickly. Why? Because that amount of money doesn't register in their mind. And in their mind, they can't see how they can blow it until they blow it. That's why you find so many uh, winners of the lottery going broke after several years or quicker. It's because they don't have a gauge of this whole thing and how it works and what to do with the money when they get it. Uh, so the first thing is working for money. The second thing is budgeting, which ties into working for money. When you're budgeting, you're setting up how your money will be used. What's going to be uh, uh, devoted to what percentage of my income is going to be devoted to savings? What's going to be devoted to investing? It has to be something in uh, uh, devoted to investing. That's one of the biggest places that people who come from impoverished backgrounds miss. Some get the savings thing, but here's the thing. You need something growing and a savings account does not grow at a rate that's going to produce anything that's worthwhile long term. But however, if you get off into, say, for instance, a Vanguard S&P, uh, which produces about 8.2 to 10 percent annually, you can put in uh, what five hundred dollars for 20 years. And then in 20 years after that, you, you, you're looking somewhere around a million or something dollars to retire with. And my, my math may be a little bit off on it, uh, but we're talking about compound growth. Now, most people who are impoverished deal with compound interest, but it's in compounded debt. The compounded interest on your home, 
uh, a $200,000 home with a 4% interest compounded over 30 years is probably going to add another hundred some thousand dollars to the price of the house. And again, I'm just, you know, kind of going off of memory. I'm not actually doing the math in my head, but somewhere up in there, I'm close. And so understanding that there's the flip side to that, that people who understand money understand compound growth. If I do compound growth, I can get in, especially in the beautiful thing about teaching this to your kids is that if they get in at 19 and 20 or earlier, by the time they're 40, even if they stop putting into a uh, passively managed mutual fund like the S&P, what they have there that has already grown and they leave it there and say they want to literally say I'm chilling at 50. They're going to be setting pretty. Matter of fact, you, I mean, the, the, the compound growth, the way it works. Uh, and I teach that in a more advanced course about investing for adults, but, and just the idea of knowing how to take money. And I mean, it's, it's important. So we, I don't want to get too much of any one of these things. I can get to talking and lose my mind. The equivalence of the value of money. Again, we're talking about how money is used, what money is for and, 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 and the equivalence of the value. Then we're talking about debt. Debt is a big discussion. It's something you got to have with your children. It's something you got to teach them. Debt is the bit, biggest enemy of wealth building. It's the biggest enemy of wealth building. Matter of fact, when you hear people talking about a net worth, their net worth is their debt and liabilities subtracted from their total assets. What you have left is your net worth. So, uh, you, you, in order to have a very high and strong and powerful and functional net worth, you have to be able to manage your debt. You have to know the difference between good debt and bad debt. Yes, there is such thing as a good debt. A good debt is the kind of debt that you acquire funds for the purpose of making more funds or increasing your capacity to make more funds. And so anything that's going to put you in a better position to be more financially uh, fluid, then that would be a good investment, uh, a business loan on a good viable business that you've done the research on that you're prepared to put the work in would be considered a good debt. Um, and so that that's good. Then we're talking about the importance of managing your credit scores. Uh, then we talk about investing. Uh, and that's so important. I have clients and I get so excited when I hear the, some of my clients and the way they talk about how they prepare their kids and what their kids doing. I have a couple of clients, um, that have kids who literally are making their own way by doing their own thing through some form of investing online or some business idea where they are buying and selling online and they're understanding the power and the leverage of digital media, digital, uh, uh, digital engagement and investing in the stock market, uh, affiliate marketing, and all these other things. And they're out there and they're making things happen, happen. And the opportunity is out there for anybody, but you've got to be willing to put in the work to understand money on the simplest level, the consumer mindset versus the investing mindset. You're spending money regardless, but one person is spending it on something that depreciates in value almost immediately. The other is spending it on something that appreciates in value or at the very worst holds its value over time. That's the difference. And what does that look like five years from now? What does spending a thousand dollars on a, on a watch versus putting a thousand dollars 
in an S&P fund look like five years from now? How many even ask that question because you haven't been trained to ask that question? Because that's not the type of thinking that you have going on in your house. This is what I'm saying. Matter of fact, uh, for those who are watching, I just put the link on. It's also in the description box, but I just put it in the chat. Look, how many are asking these type of questions when you make uh, purchases? Or is it? Or, or, or most of your purchases purchases emotionally driven? Or most of your most of your purchases, I see it and I want it. How much are that are you buying? Do you actually need? And how much are you thinking about your future when you purchase? That that's something that has to be there. How are you managing uh, your thought processes versus your? There's a psychology to money, and it's it's there are money principles on how to make money, how to manage money, and all that. But there's also a psychology. How do you view money? And a lot of people's psychology on money is off. Now I teach that in a ma- you know in a in a master class. Uh, for adults, the whole psychology of money. You got to get your psychology uh, uh, on money down first because money is fluid in a way that it moves and it doesn't always move the way you want it to. And I can tell you, I've been at some pretty unbelievable heights and I've hit rock bottom. I've had to literally start over with $2.47 in my pocket. I started over with $2.47 in my pocket. And I build and I grew and I evaluated a new market that had evolved and found my place in it. And I'm still building. But I am even after taking a hit a couple of years ago. That that kind of shook shook me and had to make me re reevaluate and re 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 gear. I'm still nowhere near that two dollars and forty seven cents. And. I am able to take care of my family, but it's because I have money principles. The money isn't the important thing. The money is simply a tool. And many times, a lot of the things you think you have to have money for, you don't if you can think. See, before people start exchanging money on a regular basis, people bartered. And that's still that possibility. That's still the it's possibility of exchanging expertise and services to get something else from someone else. We have to be free thinking and critical thinking uh, and thinking outside of the box as well on how to make things move. But the last thing I'm going to say to you is, and I say, what kind of conversations are you having in your home with your kids? That's the important thing. Here's why. We see the family from a social perspective, but we don't see it from a structural perspective and a, a perspective of intent and what it really truly means. We don't see it as an institution. And that's a problem. Marriage is an institution that lays the foundation for the family. Family is the institution that lays the foundation for the community. And when the family doesn't live up and fulfill its responsibilities, then the community suffers. I'll give you a prime example why. Two people who have the same character, the same uh, social values, come together with the mindset of where they want to go in life, what they want to do, how they want to live their lives, and what community they want to be a part of. In doing that, they then have kids, their offspring, and they 
are responsible for inculcating their values, their interests, their principles into the mindset of their children at an age with a consistency, at an age early enough that it plants and takes hold and takes root and becomes a part of the personal identity of the child. The reason that we have so many problems in finance and social uh, structure in education and in so many other ways is that we aren't properly preparing children at an early enough age that the principles they need to be not only uh, competing in this world, but winning come too late. See, we got to get our kids before they start thinking that the only way out of the hood is to be able to run fast and jump high to sell drugs or to become an entertainer. We need to let them know, no, that you can you can actually be a lawyer. You can be a business owner. You can literally invest. You can literally take a small amount of money and you can start to grow it slowly while you work for someone else. You take a piece of that. You always take a piece of your money and make a piece of at least a part of it work for you. Here's a story. And then I'm going to get off of here. There's a guy by the name of Theodore Johnson. Uh, a, a, a white gentleman born in the early 1900s, if I'm not mistaken. But he worked for UPS most of his life and at a time where his salary topped out at $14,000 a year. He knew someone who was wealthy and talked to them about how much he would love to live the type of life they're living and be wealthy. And the friend told him, you need to take 20% of your net income and invest it in XYZ. And it was all about compound growth. And in finding ways to invest in things that group in compound. And Theodore said, man, I only make $14,000 a year. I can't afford to take 20% of my income and invest in anything right now. I need it all. And the friend told him, you can't afford not to. Because you are at a point that if you lose your job, you're going to be destitute. You can't afford not to start building something that can hold you in spite of. Well, he told him, he said, if the government decided they were going to tax you an additional 20% on top of what you're already being taxed, you would throw a hissy fit, you would get upset, you, but at the end of the day, you would pay that 20%. Why won't you tax yourself with the understanding that taxing yourself is going to produce a better life for you down the road? We are so short-sighted that we can't see the importance of planning down the road. Every dollar is going into now. How I feel about this, how I feel about that. And we're not looking at what we need to do down the road. Well, long story short, Theodore decides he's going to do it. Well, when Theodore, when Theodore, he stayed at UPS, he never left. But when he retired from UPS, he was worth $72 million. He lived to his 90s. And I think when he turned 90, he gave half of his fortune away to Charlie, to charity. 20%. Now, this is I'm saying this because this is for the people who say I don't make enough. No such thing. You got to be willing to make the sacrifices with what you make. To put you in a situation where you never have to be concerned about that at some point. If nothing else, teach it to your kids, practice it so that when you leave, you leave them something to do what you should have done. For, and then 
There's another black gentleman. I cannot think of his name for anything. If someone knows, chime in on it and 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 share it with us but it's a black gentleman he worked as a parking lot attendant his entire life making twelve dollars an hour but guess where his parking lot was it was in the financial district of his city so stockbrokers insurance uh salesmen uh money managers those are the people parking in his parking lot and every time they walked by he had this personality where he engaged him and he would pick their brains and they would tell him, invest in this, invest in that, or else he'll stop and have a conversation. And they will explain the financial market to him in, in, in layman terms. And when he retired, he retired after earning $12 an hour worth a million, somewhere right at a million dollars and kept investing. And so he's uh, the last I heard, I don't even know if he's still alive, but his children took over. That's that's CG. You're exactly right. The problem is when people say I don't earn enough, you don't earn enough to continue to live in the lifestyle that you're living right now. But in order to be able to invest and grow, you have to reduce yourself. You have to back up. You have to shrink in order to grow. You've got to find that a certain amount of money because you can look at the number and you, you can look at the projections of how things perform. For instance, the S&P is going to give you annually 8.2, between 8.2 and 10% compounded annually. It's done it consistently. It's like clockwork. It's going to give you that. And then you, you say, okay, if I take this amount of money and I put it in monthly, this is what it's going to look like compounded over 10 years. That's So where do I want to be in 10 years? So how much do I have to put in? In order to get there in 10 years, you'll know the exact number and then you got to find it. What can I let go? What can I stop doing for for 10 years? I know it sounds crazy, but if I'm 25, if I'm 30 and I can say my 30s, I'm going to buckle down and I'm going to stop doing this. I'm not going here. I'm not doing that for 10 years. But when I get to 40, I can live my life on my terms. Why not take that? Why not do that? That's the problem. We will live at the edge of our means our entire life and then retire and worry ourselves to death because we don't have the funds on which to retire. Now, me personally, I'm never retiring. I think that's one of the biggest uh, mistakes we make is that we retire. And then our minds start to deteriorate. And then our health starts. We weren't meant to, we were meant to work as long as we are physically and mentally functional. That's that's the thrive. That's why you get people like Warren Buffett and he's still going during their 90 years old. Why? Because he's still out there doing something. You know, if I'm physically and mentally able, I'm gonna work. I've watched too many people uh shut down and then in a matter of years just deteriorate. But for the person who says, when I get to a certain point, I don't want to have to work. Then that makes your work even that much more sweeter because now you're not showing up and working because you're trying to eat. You're showing up and working now because it's what you believe in. It's what you're passionate about. And, and uh, CG, you're talking some good stuff. Y'all uh, on YouTube, check out what CG is talking about. Uh, understanding the market. Uh, and I don't want to get too much into this because this isn't 
that course, the, the, the mastering money course is for adults. And we talk about all of this stuff, but like, for instance, um, understanding the difference between trading and investing, uh, buying and holding versus day trading or other short term aggressive trading uh, that can be a fast way to grab grab some money, but the quickest way to lose it. Whereas in finding good, solid uh, assets, uh, across, uh, investments across assets, in other words, not investing heavily in one particular entity, but diversifying, getting some passively ma managed mutual funds, getting some uh, uh, annuities, getting into uh, some of these uh, stocks, find a couple of startups that have uh, great potential. Get in when it's five dollars a share and, and and ride it out. But I tell people all the time, you don't lose in the stock market until you sell off. So if you buy a stock and it's worth 50 bucks and it goes up to 100 bucks and all of a sudden it starts, the, the market makes a turn and the market is going to turn. Normally it happens in every four or five years, but the last couple of uh, turns have taken a lot longer to get here and they've been a little bit more intensive when they turn. Uh, but within a, a year or so, they correct themselves and they get back and things get normal. Then it builds up and, 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 and artificial bubbles happen where things are overvalued. And then the bubble pops because the value can't be substantiated. We're having it happen in the housing market right now. And so eventually that's going to pop and prices are going to drop and it's going to go from a seller's market to a buyer's market. That's all that's happening. I heard uh, Ray Dalio, who manages the largest mutual fund in the world, 160 some billion dollar mutual fund, say that the, the uh, stock market is the only place where things go on sale and people panic. That's all a downturn bear market is, is things are going on sale because the market is having a volatile moment correcting itself. And it just it does. And it's done it for over 100 years. And so you have to learn it. You have to be prepared. But what you do is you find solid stocks that survive. There are companies that have been through so many downturns, 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 recoveries, recoveries, recoveries. You know, those are solid. Get into the S&P 500. Those are the top performing 500s. The bottom 100 changes in which company, you don't have to worry about that. They're constantly evaluating and putting in the best performing companies. That's why it can consistently give you 8.2 to 10%. Now, there's so much more to this. And I don't tell people what in, in training. I don't tell people what to invest in. I don't handle your money. I don't tell you. I teach you how to see the market. I teach you how to go out and educate yourself so you can make right decisions. I teach you the principles of finance. This book is basic principles that teen every teenager on the planet should know if they're going to get out and be successful because you can get a job and make a bunch of money and still end up flat on your butt when you don't understand how money works. So again, uh, I'm going to put this out one more time in the chat and thank you guys for stopping in. I'm going to be talking about this for a while. Uh, again, I said for $10, I think every household should have a digital copy of this and some version of it from somebody that can tell you about it and the basics and then build from there uh, because your personality is going to impact how you handle money too. Uh, are you highly risk averse? then you're going to deal with a lot of conservative investments. Are you less risk averse? Then you're willing to take some chances and probably going to make some good hits, but you're going to, you're going to probably make some good gains, but you're also going to take some hits. It's just how the game is played. But the more you diversify, the more you hedge and leverage, uh, leverage uh, and protect yourself. All of this stuff can be learned. 
you're no different than the people out there that are making a killing, except for the fact you won't educate yourself and you won't get in the game. You, If you don't get in the game, you can't ever, ever complain about not winning. You can't be upset with people because they're winning when you're not in the game. Learn the game, get in the game. And like any game, you're going to get out there and you're going to get popped. You're going to get popped. That's life. I'm taking my hit. But the thing is, when I hit rock bottom, I didn't panic. Why? Because the one thing I knew is if I've done it once, I can do it again. That's the beauty of gaining this. The confidence that comes with it allows you to live your life in a different place. On that note, I'm going to get ready to get off of here. I wasn't even planning on doing 30 minutes. I was just supposed to be like five minutes. But I wanted to share with you, and I'm so excited and passionate about it. Uh, and I'm going to do a lot more of these compact guides. Uh, you know, I've written uh, 24 and published 24 books, uh, comprehensive books, this thick or thicker. Uh, I don't have one up here right now, but, you know, you, you've seen the books. And for the people who really want to get off into changing their lives, those books are great. And uh, they've done a lot. I get a lot of positive feedback. But I want some things that people can dip in and say, step one, step two, step three, step four, and actually get on their way. So we're going to be doing this. And again, you know, it's going to be probably around the same price, you know, um, just enough to cover uh, the cost of taking the time to put it together, whatever like that. And I'm good. But get it. Start teaching your children. I mean, earlier than the teens, but definitely by the teens, they should have an idea of how money works, how they're going to make money work for them and how they want their future to look. On that note, I'm out of here. As I always say, I live my life on full so that when I leave this place, I don't eat. I'm challenging you to do the same thing. On that note, I'm out. Peace.